Once upon a time, in a land not so very far away, stories were told of the brave and the bold. The whole court fell silent to hear what the great warrior Mulan might ask for. Of mighty deities and powerful immortals. Immediately, the shimmering skin started to grow before his eyes. Of fated love and love sanctified. In dawn's golden light, Niu Lang said, Marry me. Of great journeys across fantastical landscapes. So the cat and the mouse climbed on the dog's back, and the dog swam across the broad river. In the company of friends and enemies and unimagined beasts. Yeah. Good to see you. Of ordinary folk with tantalizing stories to tell. Heroes and heroines all. It's incredible. How did you do that? Tales of sad sacrifice and victories snatched from the jaws of defeat. Stories of the wise, the accomplished and the quick of mind. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. This is He Yang. Recent times have seen Earth grappling with a series of natural calamities, from raging wildfires to devastating floods and scorching heat. We at Roundtable have always kept a watchful eye on our Earth's well-being. These events are poignant reminders of climate change and the urgent need for action. This week, we revisit some of our most thought-provoking discussions with a common thread of pressing climate issues. Join us for a special selection of shows this week each offering unique perspectives and solutions to tackle the existential challenges ahead for all humankind. The notion of urban resilience is gaining prominence in light of challenges faced by cities withstanding climate change. China looks to attain its dual carbon goal, which is to peak carbon dioxide emissions before 2030 and achieve carbon neutrality before 2060. Urban resilience could be an important piece of the puzzle in hitting the target. On June the 17th, the Shanghai municipality hosted a special forum which gathered researchers and experts in the fields of climate, architecture, urban planning, and low-carbon solutions to find some answers. The title of the forum, C-HI, stands for the abbreviation of Space Entertainment Art Shanghai Innovate. So, first of all, let's try to explain to everybody what urban resilience or 任性城市 stands for. Mm. According to the definition proposed by the International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives, which is the ICLEI, an international organization promoting sustainable development. A resilient city refers to a city's ability to withstand disasters, mitigate losses, and efficiently allocate resources for rapid recovery from disasters. And in the current academic and social context, disasters can encompass natural disasters, events with significant societal impacts such as wars, and health crises such as pandemics. 
urban resilience has become one of the core arguments for sustainable urban development, focusing on effectively addressing various changes or shocks and reducing uncertainty and vulnerability in the development process. Yeah, Josh, what's your idea of urban resilience? And it is becoming more of a popular concept discussed around the world when it comes to how do these cities um, face up to the challenges of climate change these days? Yeah, it's definitely a concept that is becoming more and more popular and more central to basically debates around how to make people live in a greener way, in a more environmentally friendly way. And basically, how do we include the population in environmental protection? And it's a really difficult question, actually. And I think it's probably the biggest question, given that the population, the humans, the urban society, if you like, are responsible for most of most environmental damage, right? Not all of it, for sure, but a lot of it does come down to um, this issue. And so, yeah, I, this idea of urban resilience is quite interesting to me because, I mean, what what does it really mean? Does it mm. mean that people are just more environmentally conscious? Um, does it mean that we have to take more resp responsibility and more active steps in our day-to-day -day living? Um, do we need to increase our awareness um, and have you know, take more of an individual responsibility. I, I'm not really sure whether responsibility lies here. I guess we can discuss that. Yeah, I think it's about the city. But of course, we know that the city are consist of all of the, you know, societal contacts of, uh, you know, the citizens, the infrastructure and the facilities. So I think the resilience part here means that um, how the ability of the city to you know withstand all of these um, disasters by using all of their facilities and infrastructures and of course the awareness of the citizens in the importance of protecting the environment yes and we're seeing that well the humanity right now is encountering calamities that we have not seen in uh, hundreds of years, to say the least. And it seems like um, with these huge clusters of urban areas that house so many people, um, there are many ways that probably requires us to sort of adjust the way we live, we conduct our lives, which can ultimately cut carbon uh, emissions and possibly offer a different sort of solution towards these difficulties that we are facing these days. And then when we look at the Chinese cities these days, what are the main challenges that you can list for us? Mm. And we'll see what can be done to address these challenges. Yeah, first of all, we, we know that China is a country with huge landscape. But our population, industry, and infrastructure are highly concentrated in urban areas, especially in the eastern part of the country, the coastal provinces especially. But we know that they are most threatened by climate change, mostly like the natural disasters like typhoon or rainstorms. And another theory is about 
inland cities. Inland cities could also be affected by climate change-induced disasters.、Um, some international research teams believe that the air pollution from industries and traffic could have caused the extreme floods that devastated southwest China, which is the Sichuan and Chongqing area, in 2013. There might be a linkage between the lingering cap of soot and the heavy rainfall. Yes, and are some of these challenges or difficulties being shared across the board in other cities around the world? Yeah, I I, I think so, definitely.、Um, numerous cities around the world are actually、uh, hailed for their resilience, and they've proven to be very resilient、um, in the face of.、Uh, The ones that I think get most of the attention, at least that I was aware of, are cities placed in areas of the world that are more susceptible to natural disasters.、Um, Singapore is an example. That's、um, one that、uh, I was aware of, and when I thought about a resilient city, I, I thought about Singapore because、um, of its ability to manage things like land scarcity,、um, water security, and climate change, and Uh, actually, this this city, which is like a city state, right, has invested heavily in innovative urban urban planning and things like this. So,、um, but these issues do go all over the world, and I guess every part of the world has to have different types of resilience. In my own country, which I know I always talk about, but I guess this is the one that I know the most about. I can give you another example、um, of a city that struggles with resilience, actually, and that is the city of York. Which is basically my hometown, or at least it's the biggest city closest to my home of Scarborough. York suffers a lot from flooding, the United、mm. Kingdom. So this is this is an issue、um, around the UK that often、uh, at some point in the year, even though our country is not known for severe weather conditions, yet still、um, we we have problems with flooding, especially in cities like York. And some of the images that. I could show you that happen are、uh, really quite shocking. There are houses just completely underwater,、um, and so this is quite difficult. Because one of the main reasons that this is difficult is because I think one characteristic of a resilient city is actually flexibility and adaptation. So、mm. the city needs to somehow be flexible. This includes things like literally infrastructural systems that can respond to dynamic challenges, like. A building that I think most of us know that very very tall buildings they don't stay static right they're actually able to move slightly and this is really important so old cities like the historic city of York in the United Kingdom isn't particularly flexible so this this is one of the issues in my own country that we see but I think it just goes to show that all over the world there's a multitude of and a diversity of challenges. That face these cities, and I think one of the main factors, characteristics, as I mentioned, that a city needs to be resilient is flexibility and adaptability and diversity. And that is definitely a challenge for some of the cities to try to convert more towards this kind of goal of urban resilience. And、uh, with climate change and rising sea levels, and some cities and. Certain countries depends on the geographic location could just be far more prone to these vulnerable states.、Um, and here's a term of low elevation coastal zone, and this has been highlighted here in China,、um, sort of to alert people of、um, this particular difficulty. Yes, 
And we know that these low elevation coastal zones, they're defined as the contiguous area along the coast, which is less than 10 meters above sea level, and it is vulnerable to flooding and storm surge. But the thing is that the amount of the area of these LECZ in China is pretty huge, you know. Um, the total area of LECZ in China is 193,000 kilometers squares, which accounts for about 2% of China's land area and 14.6% of all land area in China's coastal provinces. And there are even more than 164 million people living in the LECZ covering 27% of the total population in coastal China and 12% of the total population in China. Mm. And they are actually facing a lot of, you know, challenges, uh, aside from what we have already mentioned, these rainstorms and um, typhoons. You know, they also have the risk of the submergence of low-lying cities by rising sea level and weakened drainage of the coastal cities. And that sounds like a big problem. And this is what could trigger climate migration. And this has been seen as or sort of pretends uh, in the future as kind of a dire but maybe necessary move of certain people and vast groups of people around the world. And whether that is going to happen is a question here. And in order to cope with all these challenges and changes that we see these days, building or enhancing urban resilience is important. And like what Josh alluded to earlier, are we talking about something of sort of awareness in the minds of humans and how we should change our conduct of living to build resilience, or is it more about infrastructure, about how the city is constructed to enhance resilience? So I guess the question here essentially is how do you do it? I think it's a combination. You know, what you have mentioned, it's the combination of all of these factors. And after that, we can build urban resilience. And also, it's it's not only one city's responsibility, you know, if you want to build the urban resilience of one certain city, and it's very important to collaborate with other cities, um, more and more disasters have shown that no city can handle everything on its own. And that active collaboration among cities is very crucial. So many experts say it is necessary to enhance the resilience of infrastructure by establishing some digital integrated response platform and enabling information exchange and feedback between different levels, departments and regions so that it will optimize urban dynamic perception and monitoring or early warning and response structures for disasters and risks and then strengthen cross-regional, cross-sector or cross-industry collaboration and coordination so that we can have these kind of information sharing, resource utilization and multi-party collaboration thing to be done and we can, you know, faster enhance the urban resilience. That sounds great in theory, but could you give us like an example of on the ground? How can urban resilience be achieved? Well, 
as we've discussed, the concept of urban resilience is pretty multifaceted, right? And it can be different depending on the city, depending on the part of the world, depending on the issues that the city may face. For some cities, it may be urban resilience against a particular type of natural disaster. For example, I mentioned York and flooding, or in certain parts of East Asia, it might be earthquakes, for example. Um, there's many things. And for some cities, it might be violence. It might be against something like organized crime. So it really depends. But there's there's so many examples of what's been done. One example I can give you outside of China, at least, is Copenhagen mm -hmm. in Denmark. And this is a city, and I think this is sort of piggybacking off what Yushun was talking about and also what I wanted to mention about longevity and sustainability, where I think it should be at the heart of um, urban resilience, actually. But Copenhagen in Denmark is internationally recognized for its commitment to sustainability, um, resilience and climate action. So one initiative that it's taken, something that's actually been done, is uh, an initiative to reduce carbon emissions. Um, it's uh, actually created a really holistic approach. Um, for example, uh, promote cycling and pedestrian friendly infrastructure. So that's been to create new cycle routes. This is just one example. And I think that although this may seem, it depends on the person, I guess, but it may seem like a small thing, just creating more cycle paths. Actually, this is just one of one thing that adds up to a bigger picture of a, a resilient urban city, because I guess if you've got more cycle lanes, you're going to have more people cycling, hopefully. You're going to improve uh, air pollution, right? You're going to reduce air pollution, sorry, I should say. Um, and you're going to improve the... Um, quality of living for all of the city residents. And uh, it, it will then have a knock-on effect on everything else. It may make people in the city more environmentally conscious. Um, it can lead to... I know that the cycle path isn't the start of this, maybe not the first domino, right? But it's just an example of something that can be done that affects everything. And really, when we're talking about urban resilience, we're talking about almost like um, biodiversity, I think. We're talking about everything linking together. And that includes the way buildings are built. It includes the amount of traffic congestion. It includes recycling bins. It rec includes all of these things. Yes, that's a really good point. And when you look at uh, different cities, they have come up with their own parts of the solution, I guess, trying to address, yes, just the changing climate that we are living with these days. And in recent years, China has rolled out a scheme to build up the so-called urban resilience in cities. And we have a framework as such. Yushun, could you walk us through the framework and how does it proceed in China? Mm. Currently, some cities in China have emphasized the importance of building urban resilience in government work reports and overall urban plannings. Various cities have adopted corresponding measures with their own unique characteristic during the construction process. For example, um, some mega cities like Shanghai, Beijing, and Shenzhen, they have, um, they have already released related policies. And um, here is one example. Beijing attaches great importance to the construction of resilient cities and is the first city in the country to incorporate the task of building resilient cities into its overall urban planning. And the construction plan 
of Huairou District in Beijing has pointed out the construction for Gas Safety Integrated Operation Monitoring Center and Technology Iteration Platform to you know enhance the build the the construction of urban resilience. And another example I could think of is the example of Henan, which is in central China. Because we know that the unprecedented heavy rainfall in Zhengzhou, Henan province in 2021 further highlighted the importance of urgency of accelerating the construction of a resilient city. So um, in 2022, their government work report also included these construction of resilient cities and continuously enhanced the foundation and modernization level of disaster prevention, reduction and relief to make people's life better and um, the city more comfortable to live. Yes. And Josh, what are some of the international examples that you can give us that might be doing something similar or different when it comes to urban resilience? Well, there's uh, some more examples that I can give you. And uh, as I mentioned before, there's different types of urban resilience. One interesting example is a city in Colombia called Medellin. And this city actually successfully transformed itself. It had quite a violent history in this city, right? And um, it's managed to turn itself into a pretty resilient, inclusive urban environment in this city. And the one of the ways that it's done this is through community engagement, um, new innovative urban planning, more green spaces, especially in the marginalized neighborhoods of the city. And it's done things like improve mobility. This seems to be a really common theme for cities that struggle with this. So what that means is improve roads, improve urban, um, sorry, improve public transportation and things like this and create public spaces that promote things like social so, um, socializing, right, and going out like parks and things like this. And actually now the city has really been seen as an example uh, of going on a sort of resilience journey. So that's one way and one issue that a city has dealt with that I guess isn't a natural disaster related kind of issue. Um, mm -hmm. Also very developed cities like New York. I think New York uh, has faced many challenges, similarly London as well. Um, but unlike London, it, we must remember that in New York actually natural disasters are an issue and there was um, a, a serious natural disaster in 2012 called Hurricane Sandy. Mm. And this highlighted the need for enhanced resilience. And since that time, which was over 10 years ago now, the, the city has prioritized things like um, uh, focus on climate change, climate resistance, um, creating more resilient infrastructure, buildings, coastal protection, um, emergency management systems, and things like this. So uh, New York has also been seen as a model for other similar cities facing similar risks. Yeah. And cutting carbon emission is part of the grand scheme of um, urban resilience. And we've seen here in China, there has been a launch of low carbon pilot projects that is devoted to that cause. What do we know about that? Yeah, in July 20, 2010, National Development and Reform Commission initiated a pilot program of national level, low carbon provinces and cities in order to materialize the 2020 target of China in controlling greenhouse gas emission. 
On top of that, Sponge City is a concept that we've discussed for a few years, and um, but it's been rolled out at different rate in different places.、Um, give us the latest skinny on it. Yes, I quite actually like this kind of idea of Sponge City. You know, first of all, is the name of it. It just sound quite cute for the city. And、um, another thing is that、um, it's not only. First of all, we need to know what is a sponge city, right? It's mainly focusing on urban rainwater and flood management, and the project aims to reduce the effect of urban development on ecological environment by preserving seventy percent of the rainfall. So it means that it's not only the ability of withstanding the disaster, the rainfalls, but also better utilizing the disaster. You know, I think. Of course, we need better systems in controlling the underground water or all of these infrastructures in recycling. But I think it is absolutely one of the great projects that we are seeing to, you know, actually enhancing the urban resilience. Yes, and that's something a lot of cities do need, and and a fair number of these cities they lack funding, they lack overall planning, and we need more. Cooperation, collaboration between cities as well to make urban resilience more of concrete action than a fancy concept that exists in the books. All right, thank you, Josh and Yushun, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. We'll see you next time.